Hey everyone, welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship's lead care and support pastor, Brock Yonke, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. What's up, guys? Hey, Seth. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey, Brock. How's it going, everybody? What's everybody been up to? Um, you know, just living the dream. Yeah. Eating Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Can we say Chick-fil-A on air? That, uh, do we have to pay Maybe they'll now? send us okay, some yeah. Chick-fil-A. Sure. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about Chick-fil-A. Yeah. That's Christian chicken. <laughs> the Lord has ordained it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Pass the honey. Uh, I like honey on my chicken biscuit. Like I don't know if anybody else does. That's really good. That's a little insight to, to who cares, Bill. But um, anyway, I, I, another another insight that's kind of nobody cares about. It. I watch a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um you know, the classics of Star Trek Next Generation, and, and that show actually did predict a lot of uh, interesting things like uh, video chat, things like that we have now, which is pretty cool. But you want to know what the most sci-fi thing was? Not really. <laughs> Brock, do you want to know what it was? Sure. For the sake of the podcast, yes, I would do like you, to hear so. Listeners, would you like to know? Okay, good. Um, support out there for, for my nerdery. Um, the cool, the most sci-fi thing about that was that the computer understood everything that people said. Whenever and they look like, at us now. They go, computer... You know, do X task, and you know the computer understood it instead of trying to text your mom or whatever on accident, and and, and do do something that didn't uh, that didn't you didn't want at all. But um, communication is is an issue even in the future, apparently. So that's why we're here talking about communication. I think it always will be. I think it always will be as well. <laughs> Communication's a big deal. Um, the, the the toughest thing about it is the illusion that it's, it's taking place. Um, and, and in our relationships, a lot of times it's we think we've communicated things and we haven't. And uh, so I want to talk about communication in our relationships and marriages and why it's important. So where does it typically break down, you guys? That's a great question. It is a great question. Brock, you want to take the lead on yes, that Yes, I one? will. Uh, so I think what happens a lot of times in our relationships is we look at our families of origin and they kind of had communication in a certain way. And either we like that and we're trying to emulate that or we're wanting to get as far away from that as we can, but we tend to get stuck in patterns. Mm-hmm. And then you bring two people together that are from those two completely different worlds. And then you add in male and female sometimes and all these different things. And it's almost like we're trying to communicate in ways that we think are right and the other person doesn't even know the the uh, the rules. And if they don't communicate the way you like or you want, you feel like, they don't maybe even care about you or you just feel continually frustrated and you feel kind of devalued that and you're both potentially trying to communicate in a way that's helpful but it usually yeah. is just misinterpreted and so therefore it leads to a lot of uh, struggle in relationships absolutely yeah so one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was we're going to break some of those things down that do the breaking down and break down the breakdown. We're going to break down the breakdown. Right. Y'all put on your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Cue the eighties disco dance um, and cue cut that segment. <laughs> um, so we really want to look at criticism and contempt because, like Brock said, when someone is not communicating in the way that you um, think they, they should or the way you feel like is um, best received or the way you do things, then criticism and contempt can oftentimes arise. And we see this very often, not just in marriages, but in friendships, in um, <clears throat> in work relationships, all of that stuff. So it's a very common and also can be very harmful um, to a relationship and definitely to the communication process. So, so, yeah. so Tara, do you think that most people, I mean, because I know when I look 
especially early on in my marriage, and I talked about communication, I, I thought about communication, I thought my way was always right. Mm-hmm. Is that typical or is that just very egocentric on my part? Do most people kind of think, hey, the way I like to communicate is really the best way to communicate in other styles. If you could just learn the way I like to communicate, then you'll be communicating accurately. Or is that just is that just me or is that kind of a typical I, pattern? I think that's think? a pretty general role yeah, for yeah. a lot of us. And even if you, even if you're enlightened and you know consider yourself a healthy communicator productive communicator a lot of times that alone can get in the way of like listening to other people Mm -hmm. um our own active listening you know pushing our own agenda that kind of thing and i think because we're human that's always we're always going to check ourselves there because it no matter how aware you are you have to stay aware in those moments of communication or you become that egocentric person. Yeah, and I think that's healthy as we talk about communication. I think it's so easy sometimes to start as we do something like this to start looking at your partner and think, "Boy, I hope they hear this." Mm-hmm. You know, and I think yeah. this is one of those classic Stay examples. Stay in your lane, folks. Stay in, Stay your, in your lane. Your this lane. is all about you and you're not thinking about how my partner needs to be a better communicator. Uh, this is about me being a better communicator. And so, right. so I'm just sitting totally for myself. So if you nudged your partner while listening to this. Like, you should apologize. Uh, <laughs> yes. I was wrong. Tr- I was wrong already. You're in trouble. Yeah. And I think ultimately, too, about communication is you have to kind of realize that for me, the journey has been, it's not just my way's right, but there's a lot of great ways to communicate. And I just mm-hmm. have to learn to embrace those yeah. others. And my way's got some flaws to it. It's got some beauty to it. But so does everybody else's way of communicating. And I think that's part of the trap is that we really just don't realize that there's there's an alternative to what we've learned and, and grown up with and got, gotten accustomed to, so I, I feel like it's kind of an innocent place most of it most of the time it comes from, but it becomes you just become so used to it. It's like how how much how much how many other ways could there be out there to tell somebody something? You know, like obviously the way I do it is is pretty clear, and obviously I'm being clear about what I feel and what I think, and you're not right to a person who totally doesn't get what you're trying to say mm-hmm. it happens to me all the time and when i'm in meetings and stuff and i'm trying to articulate something about this thing i'm really excited about and it's such a disappointing feeling to see everybody in the room go just stare at me blankly like you're an idiot like i don't get what you even why this is even great and i'm like oh okay i'm not i'm not kind communicating like, this very well they're not getting it well, kind of think- like when tara gets upset with you she'll go oh <laughs> 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 not true very um, true well at least when I do vocal warm ups yes, yes, yes. it's like oh that's, well, that's what concerning. you do that's yes. a weird thing yeah. <laughs> so but I think the thing to remember too is like you just said Seth when you are talking to people and you're trying to articulate like where your head is at on something that is just articulation and almost talking communication is, goes beyond just one person mm-hmm. sharing it, it takes two or Ten to tango in that regard. And so when we're looking at it in our marriages, it's not, if I talk to my husband and I share my heart and I feel like I articulate it well, well, that's great. But there's still, like, he still has to weigh in and give his side mm-hmm. and be able to receive what I just said and, you know, all that. So it's, yeah. I I can only do my part. He can only do his part. And so it to truly beautifully communicate, there has to be more than just us involved in the equation. Right. And the transference of information is not communication. Right. Correct. And I think a lot of yeah. times we just think if they could just understand what I'm saying, then I've communicated well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of it. But really a major goal, I think, in communication, especially in marriage, is to understand what they're trying to say, to get their 
uh, perspective on things. And so a lot of times it's just I'm worried about what is, are they understanding what I'm trying to say? And that kind of gets to be very selfish communication, but kind of getting their perspective is like, oh, that's communication where they were, we're both feeling like we're being heard. It's not just, yeah. not just about me being heard. And yes. if we go into those situations and we don't have, like, we're not waiting for them to, you know, finish talking so we can then say our part and we're actually listening and we're hearing them and we're like, chewing on it as we go, then that's going to possibly and hopefully change our response, our body language, our heart, all of that during that conversation. And so you have to have the other person's um, input in order to make that conversation go the way it needs to go. You can't just be, it can't be one-sided because then it's not a, it's not a partnership. It's not, um, yeah, it's, it's not productive at that point. It's one person transferring information, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, we all have some areas where that kind of breaks down in, in our relationships. And so um, earlier we all kind of took this, uh, this self-assessment test, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get into this of what this is. It's called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse Self-Test, which is an ominous <laughs> name. It is ominous. It sounds very dark. <laughs> it's very dark, and it's like uh, it's very interesting. So we all took this, and um, it's like 26 questions really quick, and I think it's from – where is this from, Brock? Gottman? From a piece of paper that Tara handed me. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It's, it's Lots of authority. Based on, yeah, it's based on Gottman's Four Horsemen, um, but it is another um, organization made the actual test. So okay. so Gottman, basically, he you know, he's my little man crush guy here. Yeah. Uh, he kind of did some does research of couples, and he found that there were four areas that really can be destructive in communication. Like if these four areas are, are present real trouble can follow and so mm-hmm. in the in the in the bible in, in revelation it talks about there's four horsemen that are coming and so they kind of uh signify the the end or doom and so that's why he called them the four oh, horsemen and so okay. these are things that can really doom a relationship and so if there's ever any areas based on research that we need to go back and look at in our own lives about communication this is it so we're not making or bring doom to our relationships in the way we communicate. Okay, well, let's walk through it. Talk, talk to us about the four horsemen uh, killing our relationships. So those four pieces are, and we're only going to focus on two of them today, but the four pieces are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So for today, we're just going to look at criticism and contempt and um, break those down for you a little bit. Criticism is a lot of people use these interchangeably, <clears throat> Brock. Mm-hmm. And I um, <laughs> so, but they, I mean, they can definitely overlap. And you can also use, um, you can say something that is both contemptual, contemptuous, contemptuous, contemptuation, contemptuous, and <laughs> critical. Don't know. Cut mark two. <laughs> <laughs> contemptuous and critical at the same time. So, but criticism is um, defined pretty much as attacking the character of the recipient instead of focusing on a specific behavior. And an example of that would be like, um, instead of like, hey, I really wish you would have done that differently because that made me feel really small. It could be like, you know, you always talk to me and all you do is belittle me and you're so selfish. So it's it's beyond just that one specific thing that maybe you need to call attention to. Um, contempt would look like um, it's an expression of superiority that comes out either as like sarcasm, name calling, uh, eye rolling, hostile humor, mockery, things like that. Um, and so they actually um, say contempt is the most harmful mm-hmm. of all four of the horsemen. Um, and I mean, just the name itself it is sounds, pretty. Sounds mean. It, 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 well, it is. It's, yeah, it's just I think meanness. that's why 
ultimately, it's and I, I struggle with these a little bit, and Tara and I have had this discussion many times, but what's the difference between criticism and contempt is really both of them are kind of putting this idea that I'm a little bit better than you. And so criticism is a lot of the words that you use. So you're like, you always, you never. It's like you, starting with you and always and never, those are probably never good. It looks extreme. It looks, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. very, um, it can almost, there can be some blaming in it, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, Sorry, and, I thought that's funny. It's like you and always and never are probably never good. No, they're probably always <laughs> never that's good. Funny. Sorry. Yeah. And so, but then contempt is really kind of this, I think this general kind of feeling inside of you that you really have some contempt for this person. You feel like you're a little... Like they're inferior to you, yes. Mm-hmm. And like you're not just judging them that they may not take out the trash very well, but you're judging them, saying they don't take out the trash because they're a lazy. It's and it and it's in those moments, it definitely um, it can feel more um, intense and hurtful, and you know it can stir up some shame, create some shame, things like that. Um, so you just you want to be very careful, and there's very specific ways. Um, that we want to combat, or once you're aware that these things are happening, how do how do we then modify that in our relationships? And I think for me, this is a really big deal for me because as we took this test, and I knew this before I took the test, that criticism uh, is something that I can struggle with. Mm-hmm. And so, think about it this way: like all of us, if we're at work and we don't feel very valued at work, we start to feel like this place doesn't care about me. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being in a relationship with someone that God has given you to really love and walk through life together and going home every day and feeling devalued at home? Like this person really thinks less of me. They really don't like me that much. I mean, that's not yeah. a good spot. And so you wonder where marriage problems might arise from. I mean, if you're walking home every day and thinking this person thinks I'm less than them, boy, you're not going to be willing to kind of like, hey, let me go out of my way to serve them or love them because you're just feeling like, Yes, I got to hide almost. You're not yeah. feeling loved, feeling you, comfortable, you, feeling grace at that moment. Or you moment. feel like it's kind of like it's my turn for you to yeah, care. I wanna, or, or so you I never wanna, care. I'm That's gonna, when we start keeping punish. score. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. so it's like this is kind of some areas where it's like my wife and I were having a discussion the other day that there was just times she was saying there are times in our relationship because I do struggle with criticism that she feels like I don't value her, think she's great. Boy, and that was hard to hear. And that, that just really struck home for me. And I realized that, man, what a crappy environment that would be to feel like someone that you supposed, are supposed to love you uh, unconditionally yeah. at times doesn't feel you're great. Mm-hmm. And so that's when some that's why this has been so important for me lately to kind of look at this and see like, okay, I've obviously got to get better at this. But also at the same time, how many homes is there someone that feels this way across the world and that's just not that's just something that you can see why those are horsemen that would lead to destruction so we've got to really focus on this so that other person feels valued and loved and cherished yeah and these things are oftentimes like they go unnoticed not unnoticed in the sense of like the person doesn't feel awful on the receiving end or guilty after um dishing it out but that a lot of people communicate this way or it's part of their relationships and they don't they don't even know they're doing it it's habitual at that point and that, you know, chronically, that's going to lead to like, you know, the demise of any kind of relationship yeah. you're in because nobody is going to want to stay in a relationship where they feel either attacked or devalued or less than yeah. the other. Yeah. So, again, this is a great point for us in listening to this today to look at ourselves and saying, oh, am I doing this in my relationship? Yeah. And forget if the other person's because we can't control that other human being. I wish we could how they communicate, but we can really look at ourselves and, and realize that as we start to add value to other human beings, typically that 
leads to some good things, leads to some change as we mm-hmm. start to not just focus on criticism, but focus on adding value to that person. Yeah. And you guys have experienced, obviously, you have your own, you know, run of this kind of stuff in your own lives. Brock, you've shared a little bit. Um, you know, just what walk us through some communication, you know, kind of your journey towards a better communication with, with uh, in your relationship? Well, I think this is tough because Tara has identified on her test that she has no communication problems. <laughs> that is false. That, she, she was bragging about her results before no, we I started No, I just thought recording. they were going to be worse. No, I thought, I felt bragging that was happening about, no. oh, my scores are lower than yours. This is great. I think, I think Brock is feeling inferior, but yeah. I did not <laughs> Brock, point that out. Brock throws a fit. Yes. Part two. Part two. two. <laughs> no, I think um, for me personally, like, um, Honestly, when I took this um, test and even like being aware of these terms and like using them with clients and talking through it and unpacking it on a probably more regular basis than a lot of people, I still was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to see what these are going to say because um, communication's hard. And by the time yeah. I get home after literally dialoguing, dialoguing with people all day long, sometimes the last thing you want to do is be like, let's sit down and really unpack this with your spouse. Like, I want to be like, leave me alone. I'm tired. Like, you know, just let me do this the way I want to do this. And that's not okay. It's not helpful in any way. So I really thought maybe these would be higher than they were. So I'm, I am happy to say I'm not as jacked up as I thought, but, um, (laughs) I wish there was a way to do an online poll right now because I feel like that's really bragging right or now. So I I'm, wish we could ask the audience. Maybe I am um, loving myself well and acknowledging the hard work that oh, I have done. Oh, in I'm the a area therapist. Look at, the, look at my cool wow. words I can twist however wow. I want. Okay. Wow. So when Brock starts talking about theology, we're going to turn this around. Um, so, but for me personally, it is very much like I need to stay out of my head. Um, I need to not be working on. What am I going to say next? That kind of thing. You know, that the whole using I statements, even though that sounds very cheesy and elementary a lot of times, the basics are base, are the basics for, the, for a reason. Um, and a lot of times we just need to go back to those and stay there because I think it keeps us um, on track better. So I have to oftentimes, um, I like extreme words like always, never, that kind of stuff um, and putting my shoulds on people. And so... I, it's good for me to stay in the I realm and say, like, this is what I'm feeling. I feel this when you did this, or I feel this when this thing happened. And even if it's hard for the other person to hear that, it's a lot harder for them to get defensive if you're just sharing what your emotions are based on the experience rather than, like, my emotions are this because you did X, Y, Z. Yeah, one feels a little more vulnerable. The other one feels a little more attacky. Yeah. The I statements feel more vulnerable. And you, you, you feels like an attack. Yeah. And when we get attacked, we tend to uh, you know, yeah. go on the defensive pretty right. quickly. But I think that's also right there is why a lot of times productive, healthy communication is it takes longer. It takes more time. Um, and it is more difficult is because there is a huge part of this that is vulnerability to, um, related. And so... Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Even people who practice it on a daily basis, it's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me to take the time and the energy to have a vulnerable conversation, even with the person I'm most comfortable being vulnerable around, it's still hard a lot of times. You know, it's difficult and it's complex. And if you've had a bad day, you're not going to want to do that, you know, stuff like that. And so um, there are... A lot of times where it's okay to like 
express, like even I think starting any kind of conflict or conversation with like a vulnerable statement, whether it's an I statement or not, but just even like I had a really hard day today and I know we need to talk about this thing, but I'm struggling with like getting there and like with the attitude of my heart can like completely change the temperature in the room. Yeah. And I think also too, this is a great thing. We've talked a lot about the five to one ratio that Gottman talks about that if we look at our relationship, there should be five positive comments for every negative comment that comes out of our mouths because, mm-hmm. you know, like those one negative, that those negative comments really they stick. stick. Yeah. And, but those five com- positive comments are harder to stick. And so this might be one of those areas too where like, am I expressing appreciation? If they're feeling contempt or criticized, maybe I need to turn that around and start thinking, pointing out positive things. And it could be small things like, hey, I saw you uh, clean the kitchen. That I really appreciate that. Thank you. Or I saw that you, you know, took the dog out for a walk and uh, humiliatingly picked up its doo-doo. Thank you for doing that. You know, just whatever it would be, we're like, hey, you look nice today, or, or just comments about their yeah. personality. But, like, there needs to be that five-to-one ratio, and that can really combat a lot of these things. If we're starting to spin our speech to be more life-giving mm-hmm. than it is life-taking away. Right, and I think that if like, and if you don't want to be like, oh, how many times have I complimented, and how many times have I like right. taken out of their emotional um, bank? account then like just focus on creating a culture of appreciation and gratitude and respect in your home and if we're doing that we're always going to lean more towards the positive perfect um, than the negative or the stuff that gets you know and maybe even the stuff that we would normally point out or bring up we we don't in those circumstances because we realize like if if we're focusing on the culture of our home then maybe this isn't that important. Right, because you want that person to feel valued. Yeah. And, and that's if, the culture. And if you're typically a critical person, the chances are is like if you go completely swing on, I'm focusing positive. You're still going to be critical. You'll probably <laughs> still kind of, you'll you'll feel like, man, I've been very positive today. And, and, and really, if you count it up, it's like I said three things. Yeah. And so really I heard nice. somebody say once, you know, in your home, uh, if you think what you're doing is enough to be positive, that's great. But then just double it and you'll probably be at the right double spot. Double it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good yeah. Rule rule there. Uh, so, any other about uh, this 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 te- um, criticism and contempt and just kind of how they're they're playing out in your life? I, I think ultimately too, it's like it, there's a little bit of a mindset that you know, nobody wants to feel devalued in their home. Like I said earlier, and sure. so kind of that. And so, one of the things that's really kind of helped me a little bit is, you know, I think of my children, and one of the best gifts that anybody could give to me would be kind to my children. And I sure as heck know that my wife's father never meant for her to be in a relationship where she was criticized and put down all the time. Mm. He wanted his little girl to be in a place that was where she felt valued, where she felt loved, and that's probably his dream. And ultimately, I have to realize, too, that my wife's father, not just the earthly father, but is God, and this is his daughter, and this is a beautiful way for me to worship him is by treating this person with kindness and appreciation and not always picking out her flaws or what I perceive as her flaws, but like, Mm -hmm. am I creating that culture? And ultimately, if we really want to worship God, this is a beautiful way to do that by creating this culture of this person feeling valued and loved in our home. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about some practical takeaways for the audience here as we wrap up. Um, uh, What kind of things can we do uh, and focus on? We talked about like trying to be more positive, trying to focus more on that side of things, trying to avoid criticism, uh, trying to avoid being just mean and contemptuous. Uh, 
uh, in the home. And so what are some of those things that we can do? You kind of mentioned eye language a lot uh, already. Um, What are some other steps that we um, can can take in the home practically? I think that um, I like the rule just to kind of be constantly curious, stay curious in all things, but especially when it comes to like the most important relationship you're in on earth. So asking questions, trying to be objective rather than you know, the judgmental critical piece. Um, and literally just like, if you stay curious and you want to understand the ins and outs of things, your perspective and your demeanor is going to be completely different anyway than going in, you know, like automatically assuming, you know, the answer to your own question. Um, so I think asking questions, being curious, like you said, use I statements. And it's like, you're going in, like we mentioned before, like you're going in, not just to get your perspective across, but really one of your goals is to hear their perspective. And that really changes things because sometimes yeah. we get lost in the mode of communication instead of the heart behind communication. But like, what are they really trying to say? What what, what am I uh, really trying to draw from this person so that I can understand what they're after? And usually we're a little bit more on the same page when we do that. That's great. Well, this, is, this has been really great. I think, uh, you know, practical steps are really important. And as we, we try to avoid being critical or contemptuous, um, it is a struggle, man, just a constant awareness. Um, so write yourself notes, you know, put your, put reminders in your phone, you know, just things like that. Just what, if you need help with that kind of thing, the techno- use technology to... Maybe leave a sticky note for your spouse that's nice and encouraging. There you go. I love sticky notes. That's a practical step. See, I'd, have to, awesome. I'd have to leave a reminder to leave a sticky hey, note. For if my, that's what you have to spouse. do, yeah. do it. St- write a sticky note to write a sticky note? <laughs> write a sticky note, and it tells me, write a sticky note about sticky notes to you know what i like to do this is sorry i'm going to interrupt you and i know we're trying to close out but listen so on a mirror you know because we have to clean those suckers and this is not the most sophisticated way to do things but i like to write on mirrors with um the whiteboard markers Mm -hmm. the dry erase markers and so you can very easily wipe those off but like you know if you want to change things up you could like draw a big o heart on your on your spouse's side of the mirror or like write a note or you know just I mean, change things up and get creative and think outside the box. And if it adds another step of wiping things off with Windex, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And can I, can I add one last no, quick point? No, sorry. Sure. We're out of time. I'm going to add one last quick point. <laughs> so a lot of guys I'll talk to and they'll start to say, I'm going to start to create this culture of appreciation. And they'll do two or three things. And like, she's just not getting it. You know, you've probably got 10 years of Rome doing it the other way. Rome wasn't built in a day, yeah, you, folks. So it's going to take a while. Yeah. So you're on this long. And and as I've discovered, the female world particularly doesn't like words that just change. They want to see actions over a prolonged period Amen. of time. Mm-hmm. And so like, this is a new lifestyle. Don't expect her to say, oh, you're the best within, you know, one morning of drawing a heart on the mirror. She'd you, be more like, why'd you do that? Yeah, What'd exactly. you do? It's going to take a little time <laughs> yeah. and just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Absolutely. That's great advice. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This has been really great. And uh, thank you out there for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Uh, Subscribe and don't forget to give us a rating and review in iTunes uh, or wherever you get your podcast. And next time on the show, we're going to continue the discussion on communication and marriage. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Brock and Tara. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with you soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.